Oh, <laughs> I want him dead tonight. I don't care how it happens. <laughs> I need it to happen tonight. This whole myth about the the chosen one is over. It's mm-hmm. a wrap. I want you to take care of that tonight, okay? <laughs> Do good work, okay? Make sure that you're not, not don't make sure it does not lead back to me, okay? Shit. <laughs> You know, cancel all that, cancel all that, cancel all that. We'll talk later. Get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. Burn all the files. Yeah. You know, the hardware, everything. Get rid of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. The leaves are blowing. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> all right, folks. So, welcome once again uh, to another thrilling episode of a yep. fandom initiative on a rather chilly but wonderfully sunny day as you can tell the sun is beaming on me from here i'm outside right now as you can see i'm out the people who are listening to the audio don't know that so let's get the instructions out of the way because we've got a lot to talk about um and some new stuff as well and i actually wanted to ask brother uh his opinion on two things um that is happening right now so as i said it's fandom initiative welcome once again folks uh, the welcome. man across from me the cinema ceo the cinema god he is that dude if i may use that term correctly that this <laughs> is michael williams what is up y'all what is up Myself, I am the hungriest man in the room. You can take that however you like. I am uh, the hungry bleak. I am Antonio Pomares. Uh, brother, how how are you feeling? I'm good, brother. I'm good. You? How, yourself? How are you? Brother, the week started off, what the hell? Then the week ended <laughs> with, all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was just a great week. Um, movie-filled weekend. Then mm-hmm. a movie-filled week. Uh, had a great show yesterday doing the hungry bleak i had got to have um i'm shy ass da- dash on to talk about her latest uh, mm-hmm. book and yeah but i i, I want to talk to you about two things before we get into our movie reviews yeah okay okay, okay. first thing i want to talk to you about is actually a serious thing mm-hmm. um i want to talk i, I want to ask your opinion about the alec baldwin situation on oh. the set of rust mm. um i want i've been meaning to ask you your opinion on it because it's just a tragedy um obviously yeah. our you know and our, our thoughts are with the family and loved ones yeah i mean very unfortunate right and and mm-hmm. it's it's rare rare that you kind of hear of accidents like this happening on sets like i mean i talk to a lot of i mean not even a lot of people like i people have been asking like you know friends of mine have been like well how do things like this happen and i'm sure you've seen my friend mike andrews who i've had on this show talk Mm -hmm. about in his posts like he's saying you know like you know how is it that the person who's responsible for making sure that these props are ready to go, what happened there? Like there's a real failure that kind of happened there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, most of the people who've 
I've heard say, well, how do things like this happen and, and, and stuff like that? I'm like, you know, <laughs> not that I was trying to be not understanding of the situation, but I was like, you know, this isn't the first time that I've heard of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Unfortunately. One of the more famous situations where that happened was with mm-hmm. Brandon Lee. Yeah. Um, or infamous, I should say, not famous, <laughs> infamous. Um, I mean, sometimes these things kind of happen where, you know, you're filming an action movie or something like that that requires you to use a firearm um, that is supposed to not have any, obviously not have any live ammunition in it, but you're trying to make it as realistic as possible for a film. So you fill it with blanks to make it look as realistic as possible. And then sometimes you have a malfunction and it's either, you know, that maybe the blank goes, I've heard people say that maybe the blank went off in too close a quarters with this person, but I don't think that's probably what happened. I think that the game, I think that the, the weapon that they probably used was either not checked adequately mm. before that scene was shot, or maybe that weapon was probably on the verge of failure from use. Oh. And what could have happened was, <laughs> and, and I'm only, and I'm going only going on speculation. I don't know anything concrete at all. I'm just saying that. Maybe a lot like what happened with Brandon Lee is that maybe the weapon was probably on the verge of failure from use and a piece that probably was inside the weapon wound up ejecting in that scene Mm. where Alec Baldwin was filming. And unfortunately, one person was killed and another person was hurt seriously. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I think what 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 bears noting though <laughs> is this person who was supposedly in charge of making sure that these you know weapons were safe and they were ready to go uh, was on a previous film with Nicolas Cage. And from what I'm seeing, Nicolas Cage wasn't too happy about this person on that film and their experience and kind of the things that they were doing. And and this person doesn't have a ton of experience as I, I, I can't even really think of what the, the official name of that person is on set. For some reason, I want to say weapon master, but that might I, just be in my head. Yeah, I, I think it's something uh, something on the order of that. Yeah. And this person doesn't have a ton of experience. Yeah. It's not like she... I think it's a she. It's not mm. like she's had, you know, 20 years of working on action films. Right. Like, I think this is maybe her second <laughs> film. If I'm not mistaken. And on the previous one, she didn't get yeah. very uh, 
Now, yeah, good. Highly regarded. Right, yeah. At least by the star of the film. Right. You know, so, uh, you know, it's sad. It's sad. It's unfortunate. And it's heartbreaking when you hear about things that happen like this because it's kind of like, you know, on some level, on some level, things happen randomly, right? Right. right. So you don't know 100% certain that this could have been avoided, but on some level, you, you'd like to think that if you had an experience, a more experienced person, they would have been able to catch signs of, you know, maybe that this weapon was about to fail or something's not quite right with it. Something but, like that. But that's and, their job, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it, it's it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to kind of boil it down to saying, yes, you know, if this certain situation was the way it should have been, we could have avoided it at all. I mean, I guess you can say that because these things don't happen very often. You yeah, know what I, I mean? I can only think of two instances that I know of. Yeah. Um, one is the one that you uh, talked about mm. on Onset mm. of the Crow. And the other one was um, in the early to mid 80s, I want to say. There was a mm. TV series and an actor. This is when you heard the guns had blanks. So you never mm. thought of, you know, they're mm. blanks. Nothing, nothing, nothing's going to come out. You don't think mm. that there's still going to be a force behind that shot. Mm-hmm. Like not an actual... Mm. Um, like discharge of 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 uh, a bullet or round, mm-hmm. but still a force. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't realize it, and he was just playing around. He put the gun to his head and pulled the trigger, and the force uh, caused, I believe, it was brain swelling, brain bleeding. I can't remember exactly. I think and I know who died. you're talking about. Uh, yeah, John Eric Hexum, I think is his name. Yes, yes, yes. I want to believe that's what it was. Yeah. When I heard about that, I was like, and it made me rethink everything about. I was like, oh wow, I didn't because again, you think blanks. Yeah. When you think of blanks, because as kids we played with cap guns. Yeah. The cap was in there. We never put it to our heads. Yeah. We would just shoot. So, I, yeah, I I I have heard um, from like you know again hearsay and reports and such like that. Mm-hmm. We weren't out on the sets. This is just our opinions on this mm-hmm. uh, allegedly all over this mm-hmm. apparently sprinkle allegedly all over mm-hmm. this um did hear things about uh this again i'm, I'm gonna say weapons master i could be completely wrong about mm-hmm. the term again mm-hmm. that yeah they people were not happy with the production of rust to begin with and mm-hmm. then this person put live rounds in there instead of the blanks and was not checked and then handed it that's no. the worst part is handed it. I mean, if they were that, alive, if, if that, that hurts, if that winds up being the truth, that live rounds were put in a gun on That's a movie set and then the but was not checked and was handed to someone again, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. If, if, if allegedly, allegedly that is true, yes, I would have to believe, obviously, beyond, beyond the ridiculous legal ramifications that that now creates Mm. um this person will never work again in hollywood they (laughs) they 
they may not be allowed out. They may be behind bars. Truly, this it's yeah. just it's a hard. First off, I feel for Alec Baldwin, regardless of how you feel yeah. about him and the press and what have you. Imagine you're just trying to shoot a scene, and next thing you know, yeah. that's what happens, and you're sitting there like, "Oh my God!" You're mortified, terrified. I cannot imagine the grief, the horror, the pain, the sorrow, everything that he's oh, yeah. feeling. Absolutely, because that's that. not why you're there, right? Yeah. You're you're there to kind of create the illusion for the film, yeah. and for that to kind of become a reality that you yourself are not even aware of. Yeah. Until it's over. I mean, I listen. I I would not want to be in his place right now. Yeah, there's no because I can kind of yeah. see a situation where this is the kind of thing that makes him not want to act anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where it just kind of puts him in this this box where he'll always think could this have been prevented? Definitely. Mm -hmm. And he'll always kind of have this cloud. This cloud over his head yeah. like I I did this not purposely but I still did it. You know yeah. what I mean? And And it's like it's hard. It's hard. Like I I can't imagine where he is right now in his head. Yeah. I, I can't imagine it at yeah. all. It's like that happened to the actor um, that that happened to on uh, the Crow. Yeah, he withdrew for from your acting for years. Yeah, years, and he was like he, he didn't know how to handle it. He didn't know it's yeah. Look. To wrap this up, it's just a horrible thing. But yeah, one, horrible. as much as I love movies like John Wick, let's say, and mm -hmm. um, John Woo films, obviously, I I love them. But and westerns, but mm -hmm. I'm always nervous when I hear what's being made. Even though I see the incredible training that they go through, you oh, you see the training yeah. is amazing. But I'm yeah. still yeah, always because, nervous. Yeah, because training doesn't necessarily guarantee that things won't go wrong. It just simply says that okay, we are smart enough and we are sort of logged enough experience to hopefully get out on the other side of this okay, and everybody's intact. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a guarantee that nothing will go wrong. Like, I could even think of another situation that's kind of not related directly to this, but was a serious situation also in the 80s. Uh, I believe it was during the filming of, uh, I want to say, was it, uh, I don't know why I want to say Twilight Zone the movie. Maybe it was Twilight Zone the movie. Yes, I think I know what you're about to say. Yeah, where that helicopter had that helicopter yes. accident on set. Uh, I believe the actor's name was Vic. Yeah, I want to say Vic, and yeah, it was him and Morrow. I think I want to say was his name. I'm not sure. I, I think that might be him and and uh, two children. Yeah. Say. Yes, in yeah. that scene, I remember. Yes, oh my god. Yeah. I mean, it that. doesn't. Yeah. I mean, you. And it's why I cringe sometimes when people just kind of like, you know, movie making is not a real profession. 
it, it makes me cringe because it's like you guys have no idea what goes into this. Like, yes, it's escapism. Yes, it's not something that's like life and death. I agree with that to an extent. I agree with that. Like, it's still work. Like, you still have to be experienced and know what you're doing because things can go wrong no matter what happens. You hear all the time about stunt people getting hurt. Mm, Stunt people getting uh, dying. (laughs) You hear about this all the time. You know, it's not... Movie making is for... I mean, no one's experienced when they first start. But the only way it kind of continues to grow as a medium is by you becoming more experienced in everything. And in all the things that matter to making that movie work. And I mean, it's just a shame when something like this happens. Because it just shows that, you know, you need to have the experience in order for everything to work out the way that you want it to. Yeah, it's it's, it's a true tragedy. I mean, one positive thing that I will say about this is The Rock, uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, came out and said that any movie or series that Seven Bucks Productions, uh, his production company, along with um, his partner, I believe, is Daniela. Daniela? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, yes, I know you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Uh, will not have any uh, guns. And I thought that was an admirable thing. Um, I don't know how they're going to implement that in what they do going forward. But again, something like that, some type of reform or something has to come about for that. Uh, Yeah, I think it will. I think I think there's going to have to be a very hard look at everything that's going on. And it's going to have to be some real hard vetting and revetting of people. Yeah. <laughs> in training. this industry and training, maybe training like maybe licensing, yeah, um, like so, like certification, something like that, like certain Absolutely. amount of hours logged, Absolutely. something like that. I mean, just Absolutely. like we would if you were actually buying a gun. Well, I guess Absolutely. it depends on what state you're in too. Yeah. But yeah. something like that should go across. So we're hoping that this brings about some type of positive change. So we'll, yeah, what happened. So on to uh, more positive news. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the trailer, the second trailer. The first one was a teaser, correct? First trailer was a teaser? Uh, yeah, I think so, for the most teaser. part. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of broke my own rule. <laughs> Let me be honest with you. Because I watched the second trailer, yeah. or, or this trailer, the full trailer mm-hmm. for Morbius. Yeah, I'm still in. I'm still. I'm more in now because of what happened after uh, Venom. Let there be carnage! <laughs> um, I feel like that's the only way that you can say that. That, that part. I'm gonna be honest. With you. I feel like it's the only. You can't say oh, Venom too. Can't, you can't say Venom. Let that be carnage. Um, and you have to do your hands like that too. Uh, after the events of that, with the multiverse being split wide open mm-hmm. and such, I'm more excited about this because we got mentions of San Francisco or a San Francisco, I should say. Mm-hmm. We see pictures of spider-man we even see a certain character who actually go who actually speaks to morbius in the president michael keaton Mm -hmm. 
I'm in. I was in before. I'm even more so in now. I want them to have this darker, more maybe supernatural part of the MCU, even if it is still linked with Sony. I want that darker part. We need that darker part. Great way to also possibly bring in Blade in some way. Some people have thought that maybe there will be some type of mention of Blade at the end of it or some type of link, what have you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I'm in. I want to see this. <clears throat> we used to work with a certain um, uh, Jared, Jared Leto hating intern. Uh, <laughs> ah, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> eons, many, many moons ago, eons yes. ago. Yes. In a different universe, even that's mm. what was happening there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about this. I like that he's not doing the accent. Uh, mm. I'll expect him to have the accent, like like from the animated series. Mm-hmm. This makes me want to go read some Morbius books. The last one I can think of was actually written by Drumroll, please. This is Fandom Initiative Bingo, <laughs> Vita Ayala. Okay. It was a six issue series. I want to say that they wrote maybe about two years ago maybe mm-hmm. maybe about that yeah so i'm in um yeah i definitely want to hear your thoughts because i know we have the same thought on a certain <laughs> part of the <clears throat> which i was excited when i saw it i was like i know michael's gonna pick this up easy this is a no-brainer he probably put this in the trailer he probably was like hey i just want to let you guys know um do this it will really make an impact on that trailer so. <laughs> If you know vampires, you yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, there there is a part in the trailer where he is sitting down talking to Tyrese, who I'm assuming is either a police officer or a detective or maybe a newspaper guy or a co- you know, what I mean, something like that. Mm. And he's talking about how you know Michael Mobius has been missing for two months, and then he's been found on this you know, this ship, this tanker ship or whatever off the coast of Long Island. Uh, I was saying to my co-host here before we came on that it reminded me and he he abruptly shut me down to say it during the show. So now I'm going to say it. It reminded me a lot of the stream. Because that, that, that whole scene there is kind of reminiscent of when you know the lead vampire comes to New York and then starts to kind of, yeah starts to wreak havoc on the world um I am very interested in where Morbius is gonna go yes um I can't see honestly i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know that i can see anybody else playing morbius now other than jared leto right now yeah because i wouldn't know who they would have cast before i don't know yeah it almost needs an actor of (laughs) jared Jared leto's like legendary behind the scenes kind of status right because Mm -hmm. He is very much a method, always in character type guy when he's acting. So I can kind of see where him always being in character in a movie like this would help the performance throughout the whole thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? 
So um, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with this as far as what they're trying to do with Spider-Man as a whole, because I've I and I've I've said it many times in, in the past. I was not a fan of them trying to do like this whole Sinister Six movie that was kind of separate from Spider-Man that they were talking about doing. Oh, after <laughs> um, Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Yeah. And in some ways, they still are going in that direction of doing the Sinister Six, but hopefully it will be... Hopefully they're setting things up the way that they should without having to do it in a full-scale film. And then just kind of introduce it in a Spider-Man movie at some point. And better than they did in Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man did. Yeah, better they, than how they did it then. I didn't think you were going to say The Strain. Oh! I thought you were going to go with Dracula. Yeah, because I, I mean, believe even that is a nod to Dracula, how he's on that freighter, that ship, true. and everyone dies. I thought that's where you were, where, where you were going to go with it, because that was the first thing I thought of was Bram Stoker and him coming over and yeah. there was only like one person left on the ship. I, I'm guessing the strain got that from there, but yeah, I'm sure it's still, but it still links to that. That's always a great scene. Any vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it also happened in um, a vampire in Brooklyn. Yes. So there is that. So everyone knows to put that nod in there. Yes. To, um, Thank you, John Witherspoon, to putting that look, yeah. man is the man to, yeah. to putting that scene in there because it's always a classic scene of because it does give you dread. Like the, the yeah. ship just appeared and there's nobody on it except yeah. maybe one person. There's nobody yeah. on it. And there's this box of dirt. Yeah. And nobody ever thinks about it. Yeah, I always, yeah, I always yeah. love that scene in anything vampire. So yeah. I'm excited. I'm going to end of rereading. Uh, the Vita Ayala series, just mm. because now I want more, uh, like vampires. I as actually there's there's actually been a a run of vampires. Come to think of it, in comics lately, uh, DC versus vampires. Mm. Marvel has the Darkhold um thing going right now. I I read mm. um the Blade entry for it, which is a one shot issue. Actually, pretty good. Felt like an anime almost. Um, so yeah, um, they're gonna make me go dive into some vampire stuff now but wait like, the, the marvel has a has a what a like a dark old like series a, going on no no like, like an event now mm-hmm. um dr doom i believe read from the dark hold mm. or a few a few different people there's one for dr doom there's one for wasp there's one for blade and there's a couple other characters that have them as well but i think there's some type of event but you know me i don't really read events just because they're just i'm, I'm not reading all that I'm yeah real that, you. i mean that makes complete since since we reintroduced the dark hold in WandaVision. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean it's yeah. one of those like really important tomes in Marvel. So mm-hmm. yeah, but brother, I have a question to ask you, brother. Yes, sir, brother. Yes, sir. sir. What is spice? <laughs> what is spice, sir? What is it? Arrakis. <laughs> I have become a weirding word. My name is a web. Folks, we are, if you don't know, 
we are talking about Dune right now. Um, this yeah. is how many books did Frank Hubbard do? Like fifteen, I think maybe. <laughs> I think so, something like that. Where it spans like thousands of years. I I, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the first installment. It even says like they don't put it on poster or anything, but during the movie, it actually says Dune Volume One or or Part One. I can't remember. Part One, and I'm I'm, I'm one. wondering if they went back and added that after they got the announcement that they were going to get a second movie. Because I almost feel like that probably wasn't there. It felt because it would have been on posters too, and I think everybody yeah. was expecting it to be closer to the 1985 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. movie where they told that story in was it like three hours? Yeah, something like that, um, which you can still catch on HBO Max. Go watch the original one. Mm. It you'll see actors that you did. You oh my god, it's, which which is kind of cool. Mm. Um, but excuse the shielding in that movie; it's mm. horrible. <laughs> it looks like Jello Legos wrapped around somebody's body. I don't even understand that, but it's what you had at the time. So, but this is um, this is going to be the first installment of a trilogy. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, possibly. Um, sci-fi actually had a series, um, mm-hmm. a, a limited series that they did on on uh, the the movies, um, which actually had um James McAvoy. Yeah, was in that. Yeah, he he, which I didn't realize until I was watching videos about Dune and the series stuff like that. Yeah, he played Paul's son. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, which is it's it's interesting. It's fun. Whoa! Wait a minute. James McAvoy played Professor X, and Gurney in the original Dune was played by Patrick Stewart, Professor X. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Open your mind, Logan. <laughs> Lalandra. <laughs> um, I hear that in my sleep. Yeah. So this movie was about two and a half hours. Um, still available on HBO Max if you don't feel comfortable going in theaters, but it mm. is still available in theaters. If you go to theaters, the one thing I will say is if, if you go to see it, theaters, I put this on Facebook and I was joking, but I was also serious. Hmm. If you go to see it, the way the, the sound in the movie is very important. Sound is mm. very important from mm. the thumping to the, the, everything. But mm. the way the sound system is set up, if your stomach is not feeling right, if your stomach is feeling iffy, and I'm dead serious, I'm not joking, mm-hmm. you are going to shit yourself. Because mm-hmm. it, my man had to get up like twice. Mm-hmm. The dude sitting next to me mm-hmm. had to get up twice. I didn't want to sit next to him. It's People just keep getting seats next to me. I don't understand it. Get mm-hmm. the hell away from me. But it's going to mess up your stomach. So trigger warning for iffy stomachs and the sound mm-hmm. system in Dune. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not feeling good, just get with your max <laughs> and watch at home. For real. Yeah. I don't want you messing up that seat. For your pants, for real. Because my stomach was like, I was like, uh, what happened? Mm. But I was good. But I was good. Um, oh, uh, beautifully, I have thoughts in on both sides, on two different fronts. Okay. Visually beautiful. Okay. Loved it. Um, I loved how you get more in depth with the characters, obviously, because we're going to be doing a series of movies, trilogy, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, I like the fact that it was a younger Paul. Mm-hmm. No, no offense to how they cast him in the first movie, but younger mm-hmm. Paul because he is younger, it's like that. Um, I love the fact that it had links to because I'm never sh- really sure about because I I didn't read the books, I'm never really sure about the timeline and mm-hmm. if there is an Earth in this universe. This I'm not never sure, mm-hmm. but I love mm-hmm. the fact that it looked felt like there were links to Earth by having the bull, and they 
eons ago, mm-hmm. they were there. They were bullfighters in their family. Mm-hmm. And then there was a link with bagpipes, things that you'd find on Earth. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. Paul is um, half uh, 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 Spanish, like Spaniard, from us mm-hmm. having um, one of our favorite actors. Uh, why does his name just blank out to me? Oscar Isaacs. Thank you, Oscar Isaacs. Mm-hmm. And then his mother possibly being Scottish mm-hmm. or having Scottish ancestry because of that. So that's how I kind of saw that. Maybe that's just my own headcanon, what have you. Mm-hmm. Visually beautiful. Um, uh, I love the shielding. I love the fact that when Paul speaks, it's not how it was in the original movie, how it was like a voiceover. Mm-hmm. It was him like kind of whispering and speaking it. Mm-hmm. The way they did the weirding word, I love I love that. Where it gets, like I said, sound is very important in this movie. The way it felt like it was a bass voice, but raised. I, I don't know how to describe it. Mm-hmm. But it, but I felt the effect of it. It was I really enjoyed how they interpreted that. Um, story is a little slow, and there's a lot of information thrown at you. So if you don't know this series, if you don't know anything about it, if you don't like a movie with a lot of exposition, this isn't going to be for you. Straight up and down, it's not going to be for you. Maybe skip the first hour, hour and a half, and then jump in. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Watch a video on a YouTube about the history of Dune and then go mm. into it. You know what I mean? I don't know, mm-hmm. but it can be very, it kind of drags because there's a lot to tell you. Um, Zendaya. <laughs> and this isn't even a final form, folks. This isn't it. Mm. I, I, again, I love the beauty of the. Um, uh, the suits, the um, still suits, mm-hmm. still suits. Yeah. I love still. I, I just love the idea of the still suit. It's just so cool. It's just it's beautiful. Um, I love the acting. Like I said, it's just beautifully done. Story, everything. I will say these two things. One, I got some heavy white savior going on here. <laughs> yes, heavy white savior, mm. heavy on a white savior. Mm. Um, which I, yeah. Uh, and I know people got upset because the first couple of people that died actually on movie were people of color. Uh-huh. Um, and then it's a planet of people of color uh-huh. who are Fremen, free men. Free men, yep. I mean, we love being free, but come on. And then um, the fact that these people were they weren't even voted in the emperor would pick you and you would take over control of arrakis and then it was you who was in charge of the planet and you determined what happened with the spice Uh which is this kind of drug almost feel Uh to it and um it's funny having a bunch of people of color walking around with blue eyes because they had too much of that stuff (laughs) Um, just saying, it's a little over the top. Uh, but again, the idea of white people coming to a planet of um, black and brown people for spices—I think we've heard that story before. I think mm-hmm. we've we've heard that story in in history before, mm-hmm. um, and then still don't season nothing. I feel like it just. I don't know that that part. It hit truer to me more now because it was a planet of people of color, and the way they did that. 
and it annoyed me. But again, I put it on the back burner because I know the story is going to evolve and it's going to be this thing about them emerging and being their own people. And there's going to be this revolution. Um, I want more Batista. I love Batista and stuff, man. I just, I, I dig. You know how mad I was when he had that small role in Bond? I was like, I want more of him in uh-huh. there. I love that Batista, the suit, everything. Dude's he he always is a pleasure and stuff he always is uh-huh. I, I i really dig it but all in all dune um out of five plates i'm gonna give it uh three and a half just because of the things i mentioned that i did not like uh-huh. but everything i did like was beautiful i will watch it again before it goes off of hbo max i'll, I'll watch it at home i'm not going to theater again uh-huh. i'll watch it at home but i did enjoy it okay uh I think I feel very similar to how you feel. Um, Dune is a beautiful film. Mm. It's one of the more beautiful looking science fiction films that I've seen mm. in a while. And and I and, and and I don't know what it is about this guy, Dennis filling the wave. This guy. when you it's almost like i'm waiting for something to be given to him where he just doesn't deliver Mm. (laughs) you know what i mean and it's like Mm -hmm. i'm I'm expecting him to fall flat on his face one day (laughs) because they're gonna give him something that doesn't ring true in how he does it but he almost never seems to fall he never seems to falter with the things that you give him and i felt that way even back when they gave him Blade Runner 2049, I was like, there's no way you're going to be able to recapture how Blade Runner looked and how it made you feel when you first saw it. And like yeah. when you saw the ship flying around and you saw these like neon billboards that were like the size of buildings with all the stuff on it. But then when I saw the trailer for Blade Runner 2049, I was like, my God, like this guy gets it. You know what I mean? Like he completely made it look the same, but better, (laughs) you know, like 30 years later. It's like, it's crazy. Like the natural progression. If the city, (laughs) if if the city had grown in that time, yeah, exactly. which is hard to do. Yeah. Uh, And, um, uh, yeah, Dune, Dune is they cast the hell out of Dune and, and I mean even when you think about the stars that are in the movie are great even the smaller roles are great in this film and um, yeah I, I I'm a fan of Timothy Calumet. Mm. You know, I've seen him in other movies besides this movie. Uh, one of them being, and I'm going to throw this out there because I know the people probably haven't seen this movie, but you should because it's a really good film. Um, Call Me By Your Name. The movie he did with Army Hammer it came out about five years ago now. Mm. That's a really good movie if people haven't seen it. It's not sci-fi based or anything, but it's just a really good 
drama. You should see it. It's good. Uh, I think he also did another movie after that with uh, this guy with um, Steve Carell called Beautiful Boy. Which oh, I think okay. is based on a true story. That was an Amazon movie. Might still be on Amazon. I'm not sure if it is. Uh, that's also a very good film. Uh, I like Timothy Callum because he doesn't do everything that they give him. I'm sure he's getting a million things that people want him to do, and he's very selective. And I like, I like how he kind of plays the future of House of Treaties in this film. Mm. You know what I mean? Like almost like he. You know, he's eager he's eager to prove himself to his father, right? But then when the shit hits the fan, <laughs> you know what I mean? And he kind of finds out what the truth is about him and things like that, he kind of feels irritated that he's been kind of not told everything he needs to know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I really just kind of like the way that Timothy Calumet plays it in this film. And um, one of the surprising, surprising things in this movie to me was, and I said this to I said this to Mina this week. Uh, it just kind of came out of the blue when I said it was Jason Momoa. Dude. Who <laughs> that should have been how Aquaman was done. Yeah, he's one of the more redeeming characters in this film. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, and I mean, I literally just kind of sat down. And I was like, I'm like this guy's really, really bringing it in this film. Like it's not over the top. It's not it's understated. Okay. It's like right on point the way that he's playing this. And I'm like, okay. You give him the right material, yeah. and he can knock it out the park. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You can only do so much with what you were given, and you look you look at the two actors that you have said, yeah. But now you're seeing them with good material, and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah yes, and yes, Jason, yes, yes, yes. Which shows that Aquaman was. I mean, look, I wanted Aquaman to be great, but it was Basora. Let's be honest. Yeah, true. It's true. Hey, anyway, uh, back to you, sir. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Oscar Isaacs is oh, Oscar Isaacs. Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else you can say about that. This guy's been good forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just waiting for Moon Knight. Just waiting for Moon Knight. Dude. Exactly. Exactly. And uh I'm trying to remember the mother's name. Rebecca um, Ferguson. Yeah, I, she was in uh, Doctor Sleep, correct? Yes, she was. Always enjoy her. Yes, she's oh, a really good actress. Enjoy her. She's, she's like, really she's, you know who, who she reminds me of being understated? Oh. Vera. Yes. That same type of mm-hmm. workhorse. Mental. I love workhorse actors, those character actors mm-hmm. who are in everything. And you're like, oh my God, yes. They're always, mm-hmm. they don't have time for all that other stuff because they're always working. They're always pushing. They're always yeah, doing something. Yeah, yeah. Love that. And I liked, the other thing that I liked too, which it shows how regal an actress 
this woman is. The woman, the the the. I, I'm sorry, I, I I can't remember her character's name, but the person who comes and gives. Uh, person who comes and gives Paul the test. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I can't um, think of the character's name. Yes, but she but was that, one of the uh, Benny Jesuits. Yeah, one of the Benny Jesuits. That actress is Charlotte Rampling. Mm. And if you've seen Charlotte Rampling and other things, she is like she's like royalty in England. <laughs> like real, she's like really close to being like Dame Judy status in England. Uh, she's always good in everything that she is, but even in this, she literally has her face covered, and it's almost like it doesn't matter because she's acting through this covering the same way that she normally always does, which is amazing to me, right? Like, you would yeah. think that that kind of would take away from her ability to emote. But it's not. It's like she. It's almost like she amps up her emotion through her voice, which she has to, right? Because you can't really see her face. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she just brings it in that in that role that she plays, and it's it's just great. It's great. Like the people that they've gotten for this movie are amazing. But that and, might be because, I mean, you figure, again, the Benny Jesuit, their power is their voice. Yes. So you have to use your voice in mm -hmm. that. So, again, that's a little... Yeah. Yeah. Things yeah. that work in there. Yeah. And uh, I'm also in agreement with you on the the white saviorish part. Mm. And which was, which was interesting because there was a couple when we were leaving the theater. A white couple. Mm. The... That was the thing that they disliked about the film, yeah. is that it was too white saviors. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm really, really, really interested in seeing what the sequel is going to be like. Yeah, because um, they, they've gotten everything out of the way, so now we can get to more of the meat. Yeah, of the part that we all wanted it to get to anyway was yeah, yeah. You know the the what's life on Arrakis and seeing the 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 image of someone riding the worm you know that's coming that was one of the biggest parts of the original dune was seeing kyle mclaughlin looking mm -hmm. dusty and ashy as hell coming about the sand and he's riding. you know that worm is one of the coolest parts yeah you know? and zendaya is zendaya that's all you got to say just, just like Zend Oscar isaacs yeah. zendaya's screen time in this film is like seven minutes mm -hmm. and it feels like she is literally a specter all over the film mm -hmm. for two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. And that says a lot because we always talk, you and I always talk about Zendaya and her ability to kind of make the most of what you give her. Like, even when she's narrating, she kind of makes the most of what she's being given to do. Like, and that's hard to do. That's hard to do as an actor. It's hard. <laughs> how do you steal a scene and you're the narrator you're not even yeah how do you do that how are you a vision and you steal the scene yes 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 she got that everyone in this movie i feels has a lot of presence yeah 
And I think that, again, in a movie like this, where you have things about, you know, the stars and, and cosmos and powers and prophecies and stuff like that, everyone has to have a certain presence. And they all do. They all have that presence. They all have their own weirding way. Yeah. You know, in that. And Jason Momoa, yeah, he was, ah. Uh, I always, I always love seeing him in something because I want to see what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Because I love his his energy. I love his whole his his flow. I love it. I love his just aura about him and how he pushes things out. And this yeah. movie was, yeah, definitely. I wish yeah. we were going to get more of him. I wish that he was playing um, Gurney and not Duncan because yeah. Gurney is the one that has a long role. But that's played by Cable, uh, aka Josh Brolin. Yes, yes. you know um, yes. from the great movie. Um, no, not not a Deadpool two, but um, the Goonies. Yes. You may know Jeff <laughs> from from the Goonies. I don't know if you guys know this, but the Goonies. Yes, yes. Didn't know if you knew that. Yeah, you know I mean, that. I want to. I want to go back to the director for a minute, Dennis Villeneuve, mm. because I I want to really I want to recommend movies that this guy is directed to people who watch us or listen to us who may not be necessarily familiar with all of his stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, I looked at his IMDb page and I've literally seen, me and Amina have literally seen one, two, three, four, five of his movies. <laughs> There's one movie that we still want to see that was on a list that Amina had showed me a while ago that we intended to watch, but we never got to it. But all of his movies are good. He did a movie back in 2013 called Prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman, which is amazing. Yes, oh, yes, yes. (laughs) That movie's amazing. Yeah, I remember that one, okay. And, uh... He did. He actually did two movies with Jake Gyllenhaal in 2013. The other one is called a movie called Enemy, and mm-hmm. the synopsis of it is a man seeks to out, and a man seeks out his exact lookalike after spotting him in a movie. That movie's supposed to be really, really good, from what I've heard. Haven't seen it. No, but it doesn't the, sound familiar. Yeah, but the other movie, the other movie that some people may know him from is a little movie he did with Emily Blunt that if people have seen it, that movie is insane. Sicario. Yeah. (laughs) Sicario is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous action crime drama that literally... I had only seen Emily Blunt in like comedies prior to that. And then when I saw Sicario, I was like, wow. I'm like, this is Emily Blunt? <laughs> I'm like, she's so good in that movie. And the movie's so well directed. Man. Didn't need a sequel though. I'll say that. But it did, yeah. The sequel wasn't <laughs> necessary. Yeah, but that was also Josh Brolin too. Josh Brolin hit hit that one too. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. The sequel was the sequel was totally different. Like it was just made for money. Let's be honest. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, it wasn't necessary. Wasn't needed. Yeah. And then the big movie, the big movie that kind of makes Villain Wave huge, is Arrival. 
Mm. And, and Arrival is one of the best, one of the best science fiction movies that I've seen in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And that's <laughs> the, the Arrival that we're talking about is not the one with Jodie Foster and I'm trying to remember the other actor's name. Oh my God, Charlie Sheen was the other actor, wasn't he? Yes, not that, that one. one. That Arrival. was what in the nineties. In yeah, I say. 90s. Yeah, this yeah. one is with. This one is with. Uh, what's her name? Oh, um, Amy. Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. Yes. Yeah. But that's a remake of it, correct? It's like the same. No, just... completely different. Oh, it's a different movie. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I, I thought it was. A, oh, okay. Yeah, completely different. Okay. All right. <laughs> and then he gets. A, a rival hits in a way that most movies don't. Right. <laughs> and because of a rival, he winds up getting these huge, huge genre films. Mm. He gets the sequel to the long awaited sequel to Blade Runner 2049. Yes. Which is, if you haven't seen that, you should. It's almost as good, if not slightly better than the first movie. Yeah, it's a wonderful. Um, could you, I think that's still on HBO Max. I want to say. I'm probably I'm sure it probably is. I, sure I, it is. I, I think they both are. Like the, the the original, obviously, and then the second one. I think they're still both on HBO Max. Yeah. You know, um, I think might be on, might be on Netflix. The first one, I think, might be. I know there's something else on Netflix too. I want to say Blade Runner. I don't remember which one. Yeah, and then fast forward to 2021, he gets Dune, a long-awaited reimagining of that film. Yeah. So and Dennis, Dune was Dune was pushed back, correct? Because of pandemic, was Dune yes. pushed back? Okay. Yes. So Dennis ruling the wave right now is just this guy's just on another level. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is even more of a spotlight on his name too. So, what's going to be his next project that he's gotten because of this? Huge project. Uh, the, that's what I love seeing. I, I love seeing what's going to be the next step for someone. Like what's going to be their next thing that they end up doing yeah. because of uh, just, just like with like the MCU movies. You see the actor to do it and it get blown up, and you see what's their next project after this. You're always mm-hmm. curious to see that and how they change or reinvent themselves or you know what have you. Yeah, it looks like his next project besides obviously the sequel to Dune, which is a given. Based Dune on part, how Dune <laughs> Part Do, yeah, based on how Dune Two, but Dune Dune the first part hit. Mm. It looks like he's working on making a Cleopatra film. Oh, is that? Uh, oh, Jesus! I'd be very interested in seeing how he tackles that. I, I, I don't need that story again. I, I just got damn I don't, that story. I, I don't give us anybody else in Egypt besides Cleopatra. I just uh, and if they cast Elizabeth Taylor, I swear to God, I'm gonna snap and snap. Give me Nefertiti. Give me one of the. I just would be an out of the box casting for that, but I don't know if they would do it. You probably won't. Oh, uh, what is this girl's name? Scarlett Johansson, because she got range. No. no. Um, <laughs> she got range for everything. 
Who? Sophia Butella. For some reason, I thought you were going to say Ruth Niga. I don't know why. Or Ruth Niga. That'd be good casting, too. <laughs> She's got a movie coming out on Netflix, Passing, this week. Yes. Week, and I yes. want to see that. It's her yes. and, um, oh, who's the other, oh, my God, who's the other actress in Passing? Um, yeah, I, uh, I can't remember. Oh, my God. And I, I, I can see her face clear as day, but I can't think of her name. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that that's actually pretty good casting. All right. Well, you know what? We'll see what they're going to do with that. Again, I'm not excited about another Cleopatra story. Uh-huh. <sighs> so what would you give Justin Doom? Is passing. Oh, yes. Thank you. So uh, what would you give Doom? I would give it the same rating you gave it. Three and yeah. a half. Maybe I might give it a little more based on visuals. Because I think people are going to look back at this film... I'm going to say 20 years from now and, and really see that visually this movie is just stunning. Like, it, mm-hmm. literally, it's stunning. Um, I might give it a 3.75. All right. Weighted more towards visuals. Yeah. For the 3.75. Yeah. And story. Well, part of the story. Anyway. Yeah. Like, certain, yeah, like, Mm. Certain aspects of story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So next up, uh, Last Night in Soho. Yeah, I I was interested in in, in getting here today to hear what you had to say about this, because this is going to determine whether I actually see this movie or not. Go see it. (laughs) Okay. Go see it. Um, Wonderful psychological horror. Mm. Um, Obviously, it's Edgar Wright, so you know you're going to get music. The music is yeah. great, um, honestly. Um, was it Anna Joy Taylor? Anna Taylor Joy, yeah. It, Taylor Joy, excuse me. Anya Taylor Joy, yeah. An- Anya Taylor Joy, I mean, yeah. She's if you if you ever see her name or something, just just go watch it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I wasn't too worried about her because she's she's gotten the she's rubber the stamp in my book <laughs> in the last few years. With yeah. the stuff that she's done, um, the only person I didn't know was uh, the young actress who played the lead character of Eloise. Yes, and that girl is from, ironically enough, another M Night Shyamalan movie. She was in Old. Oh yes, yes, yeah, which <laughs> I have to see. Which I saw. I saw that. You did see summer. that. I did. Um, old is worth watching. I will tell you. Yeah, that, brother. See, like the whole idea of it. I was like, oh, okay, like mm-hmm. that's interesting as hell to me. This mm-hmm. movie was very um will have you on edge of your seat. It will have you very claustrophobic feeling almost because of how uh the ghost uh the lead character, um Eloise, but she calls herself Ellie. Mm-hmm. Uh she's in London and she has a fascination with the sixties in London. Mm-hmm. Um, which I can understand because the music, the the flow, the scenery was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I actually loved seeing that. That's one of the reasons why I want to see this movie. Mm-hmm. So she goes to um, a fashion school in London. Um, she ends up leaving her dorm and going and getting this flat um, that is almost like a boarding house kind of like the vibe where mm-hmm. only um, like young women can stay. Uh, and the woman who owns it um, is like a landlord. And... And she tells her, well, you know what? London's a bit tricky. You know, just be mm-hmm. careful. Mm-hmm. Be safe. And Ellie, 
and Eloise has this ability to see spirits, to see ghosts. She mm -hmm. sees her mother, who okay. suffered from mental illness and ended up uh, committing suicide. So then, she sees her mother in, in the beginning in the beginning of the movie, and her mother's always there to be like a comfort to her. She doesn't speak; she just sees her when she looks in a mirror. So it's very minimalistic, which I like. Mm -hmm. She gets to London. She starts having visions of the '60s and the fashion because she loves the fashion of the '60s, London, and she ends up being slightly possessed by the former resident of that room hmm. who was murdered. Okay. And so now Eloise is trying to figure out who murdered her and why. And you end up going through all of um, the girl's name was oh my God, Danny, Daisy. I'm trying to remember her name exactly. Sandy, excuse me, Sandy. Hmm. So she starts reliving the last few weeks or months, I want to say possibly, of Sandy's life. And she ends up, you know, whatever happens to Sandy, she feels it. So when Sandy is kissing, I think his name is John, is John or Jack is, is Matt Smith's character's name. Mm -hmm. She ends up getting, well, when she wakes up the next morning, she has a hickey on her neck. Mm. And towards the end, there were two scenes that actually got me where I actually jumped mm -hmm. and everybody in the theater jumped mm -hmm. because it was not, it was not expected. I didn't, I didn't think that I was going to jump like that in an Edgar Wright movie mm -hmm. did because again, visually, if you have trouble with strobe lighting, anything like that, if you are prone to seizures or convulsions, um, anything like that, don't go see the movie because mm -hmm. there's a lot of that going on with the imagery, this, um, uh, the, the the nightclub scenes, mm -hmm. um, party scene, what have you, that and also antlers mm. do have that. Um, I didn't see all of antlers. I'll be honest with you, I fell asleep during <laughs> about half of it. I'm gonna be real with you. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, but I had been up since two, so I mm. gotta stop seeing movies on Fridays because mm. it's just not working out for me. Mm. But uh, the ending was satisfying, okay. and oof, it got me, got mm. me. Because I wasn't trying to figure things out. I was just enjoying the story. When she starts seeing more and more ghosts and spirits and stuff like that coming at her, the way they're coming at her, it feels very claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. And you feel like you need to run as well, which she must have done a lot of cardio for this movie because she has a lot of running. Mm -hmm. And you feel it. Visually stunning. Absolutely beautiful. Um, score and music's Edgar Wright. It's obviously going to get... I mean, Ed, Edgar has his own level as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. Edgar, Peel, and the Costa have their mm -hmm. own level for how they use music mm -hmm. and it's used in such a beautifully way. They use it different ways, but they all use it to every note. Okay. Um, but I definitely recommend it. It would be, I would say this one, honestly, I'm going to give it four and a half out of five. Really? Yes. I enjoy, I, I would watch it again just because of the visuals and the beauty and going through the story again and saying, I really loved, it was a, psychological thriller haunted house okay vibe which i liked okay. definitely um bit of bit a bit of horror there and also social commentary about the 60s in london very okay. interesting okay. so yeah go see that the cast was beautiful I, I love seeing matt smith i only knew him from doctor who then mm -hmm. seeing him in other roles i'm like damn and he he played very charming very um 
very uh, charismatic. And oh, oh, oh and Terrence Stamp is in this as well. Mm-hmm. Zod mm-hmm. is in this movie, and he plays. He just yeah, he just he just has that feel, man. He this dude hasn't aged. He mm-hmm. hasn't aged in like 150 years. This kid is still, <laughs> still swinging out there, man. He he could still you know make make you kneel before Zod. He's still that cat. Yeah. Uh, D- Diana Riggs also in the movie, um, which was a pleasure to see, just because it's Diana Riggs. You know what I mean? That's got to be one of her last roles, no? I want to say yes. Okay. I, I want to say yes, but it was very. You you definitely feel it. Okay. Definitely feel like she was, you know, like giving something to you. Mm-hmm. But Tara Stamp was just wonderfully, just kind of charming and slinky, and just kind of like, you know, very, you know, just very posh and, you know, loving it still, and you know, just a bit of the old, you know, how's your father in there, just sliding around. Brilliant. So yeah, I would definitely recommend this one. I loved it. Uh, Ar- Army of Thieves. This is the prequel. Mm-hmm. To Army of the Dead, mm-hmm. uh, the Z- Zack Snyder fantasy dream. Yeah. So you're gonna give me the money, and I can do whatever I want. Slow mo, fire, <laughs> water, bullets. Gotcha. <laughs> this actually uh, is the, like I said, it's a prequel. This is the story of Dieter, who is a safe cracker in the first movie, and this shows about how he actually became this big safe cracker and how they ended up getting him. You know how in movies, when a character has an ability, they show how time can slow down and they show the inner workings. Of, like if it's mm-hmm. someone with a gun, they'll show like, you know, the bullet and mm-hmm. they'll show everything. They do this, but in a different way, they do it with the combinations and the locks. They mm-hmm. go inside the locks and show the combinations and the tumblers coming together as he hits each um, number mm-hmm. to crack it. I really enjoy that. And this was his, the, the actor that plays Dieter, this was him directing the movie. I don't know if this is first movie or what have you, but he did very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it has definite tones of of comic because if you know the character of Dieter, he's very you know, comical, very energetic, very positive, but mm-hmm. he's not the action hero type that you figure. Mm-hmm. But he definitely steals. He's the lead in the movie, but it's cut. He's still in the song, but he's still the lead. But he mm-hmm. still seems, even though he's the lead, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I like. He does bring a different energy to it, kind of the nervous um really positive you know just um hero like you know the the the, uh, the plucky underdog i liked how they did i'm a sucker for a heist movie so if you give me a heist movie or a comic i'm into it they did it well because they did it as they did it in a smart way where they would go through and they would say oh well this is also that that's going to go right and he's like yeah but it's a heist things are going to go wrong whatever he's like no we've already done it it went right. That's how it went. So they did it in a very smart way, mm. the story, kind of to propel it forward, instead of showing you what can go wrong and what will right and what you know how to do scenes like that. Mm-hmm. Ice movies, they did it like that. Um, and it was they had to do. I think it was like three different jobs, and each job got increasingly worse mm-hmm. as they went on. Um, and then at the end of the movie, you get how it ties in to Army of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Which I think I want to watch again because I want to see what they do with this army universe. That's the best thing I can think of, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and what other movies are going to come with it? Because I because that movie, the ending of that movie was very interesting, mm-hmm. and where they can go different routes with it. Because the zombies may not have even been zombies. A character was alive-ish in the desert, I believe. 
or on the planet, can't remember. Um, give me more Tignotaro. I, yeah. You know, like Tignotaro. She's amazing. Whether it's comedy or whether it's acting, she brings yeah, you so she, much. Yeah, she just fits in everything she does. Like I, when I first, I'm sorry to diverge from that, no, no, no. but um, if like when I saw, Ting, go ahead. Yeah, yeah when I saw, when I saw her on Discovery, mm. I was like. I was like, at first, like when I first saw the name, before I had even seen her do any scenes, I was like, oh, this is weird casting. I'm like, she's a comedian. Like, how is this even going to work? But (laughs) when you see what she does on the show and and how she kind of like has embedded herself in this team, Mm -hmm. it completely works. Like the way that she delivers is just—it's perfect. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. perfect for what it, what that show is. So, yeah, Tignataro is really good, really, really good. Mm. And it I've just... never seen any of her like off the cuff stand up. I've only check seen her like acting. Check out her stand up. Yeah. Honestly, um, check out on Netflix. I think there she has two specials on there, and she has yeah. a one that came out. Few months ago on HBO Max, yeah. check out her documentary as well. Okay, and how it talks about how she did her stand up when she got cancer. Okay. She, I think, her mother had just passed, and she talks about how she had had uh, how she had just got diagnosed with cancer. And it was just her up on stage talking about cancer, still doing jokes, but talking about cancer. And the mm-hmm. crowd is like interacting with her, and she's interacting with them. Mm-hmm. She's one of the best out there and one of the people that you truly want to see succeed because mm-hmm. you're like wow yeah wow yeah. um army of thieves uh i would give that a three out of five okay three out of five uh still enjoyable um cast is really fun um it's a great heist movie uh, it's very fun it has like i said it's lovable um plucky underdog so go check it out the next one i saw this one. the harder they fall. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I fell into my seat to watch this one. Yes. I came out on Wednesday. I was watching it when I got home. I think I was watching about like 1 30. Mm-hmm. I had to dig into this. Man, I don't know what to tell you. This is like a this is like a six out of five. I'm gonna be real with you. I, <laughs> dude, I the only caveat I have, unfortunately, is about mm-hmm. stagecoach Mary. And the controversy about that casting, where Zazie Beats looks nothing at all, nothing at all. Let me say it one more time for the people at home: nothing at all like Stagecoach Mary. Hmm. Uh, nothing like it. Uh, yeah, they don't. They couldn't even be cousins. Uh, they don't look like they live on the same block. They just don't look like each other. But hmm. with that being said, that caveat, that asterisk sitting there, um, I loved seeing a western of black folks. Mm-hmm. And the music hits just right. again. Another movie where music plays such an important part, and it hits just right. Um, this is the story of two gangs, two outlaw gangs, um, and one one robs you know banks and such like that. The other one robs from other bank robbers. Mm-hmm. They try to find a loophole to not be that, and it's all because the leader wants to find the man who killed his father mm-hmm. and mother 
So, and he knows that uh, Rufus Buck, who is um, Idris Elba's role, he knows that Rufus Buck has a habit of doing that. So he wants to go after anybody who robs banks. So he's going through all the gangs to get to Rufus Buck mm-hmm. because it because it's a revenge story. Hmm. Um, Regina King is just <laughs> Regina King, man. She just. I don't know. Everybody, um, the Dion Cole is in this, and he does a really mm. good, good, like dramatic acting. Like I was mm-hmm. expecting him to be like the first scene he was in, like he like like there's like some comedy, but then the rest of it is like like really dramatic mm. and like you know western. I was like, okay, cool. I did not realize Jonathan Majors is Jonathan Majors. He gives that swag that you have to have as as a gunslinger. Mm. Um, it's. Uh, they even have a character that um, I want to say I'm trying to get the terms right, even though it's a Western and it's, you know, 18, whatever years. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a historian, so I don't know what the hell year it would be. I'm be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, I have a character who it's a young character. It's the the um, uh, uh, bouncer. Yeah, that, that's what I'm looking for. A bouncer of the club. Of stage, mm-hmm. co- of stage coach Mary's club character who I believe is Butch. So when they first meet, they think that it's a man, it's a woman. Mm-hmm. And even that was a really great way to represent even in the West. Mm-hmm. But then you have Delroy go and eat this scene up Lindo, I as mm-hmm. Bass Reeves. Oh, I bet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Regina King and this Bass Reeves link. I'm trying to. <laughs> a lot of links going on in these movies. You think I don't see a few, but I do. Can we just mm-hmm. get Regina King just directing a, a Bass Reeves movie, please? Mm-hmm. Can we? Can we just get that? Thank mm-hmm. you. He. It's Delroy, so you know he's going to give it. I don't even know why I need to tell you that. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um. A fast action pace, um, very quippy, great dialogue written in. Um, score again, music is on point. Majors gives another role. He just each thing he's in, he just gives more and more and more. I love seeing him and Delroy again because we got them into Five Bloods. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I love that. Um, I love seeing actors pop up in roles on Netflix movies like repeatedly i'm, I'm giving them might be some type of contract thing i, I want to say possibly I would certain, certain, but i like it and i like that they're mm-hmm. doing that there's a very smart thing because you can get them doing that and they can still go off and do other things as well mm-hmm. and plus with major stock rising mm-hmm. not just from you know um lovecraft country but also now marvel mm-hmm. that mcu spotlight on him that just brings more people to the harder they fall, even though the harder they fall already got a lot from that trailer because we're like, wait, black cowboys, mm-hmm. black cowgirls, black, you know, just western. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bet a minute. Um, it's about two hours and twenty minutes, maybe I want to say. Okay. Flies by. Before I knew, I was an hour in. And I was like, wait, this movie just started. I was like, hold mm-hmm. on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so, so it's almost over. You're telling me? No, 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 no. All right. All right. Um, climactic, obviously, gunfight at the end. Um. It does what a lot of westerns do, as far as because most westerns are revenge movies. Mm-hmm. Not, not I love a good revenge story. Mm-hmm. Um, it does what most westerns does does where it has the two at the end, mm-hmm. and you find out there's always like a twist in westerns as far as like that ending 
mm-hmm. of the revenge. And you start realizing that, that there's that old saying, if, if you're looking, if, if you're seeking revenge, the first thing you do is dig two graves, mm-hmm. one for the other person and one for you, because you can mm-hmm. end up dying in it. Um, that's not a spoiler. That's just how the movie starts thinking about revenge towards the end. Right. And some, is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Does it really make you a better person? Is it going to change anything that happened? Yeah. But beautiful. I think there's. I think there's maybe two white people in the whole movie. Maybe. No, 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 no. Because there's a great scene where they have to go into a bank, mm-hmm. and I forgot the name of the town. And the town literally looks white. It's white people, and even everything, the buildings, everything look like they're white. Mm-hmm. And they, they they show the name of the town, and it actually says in parentheses a white town and it literally looks all white like it looks mm-hmm. like it, everything's painted white there's white people it looks like that and i think that was on purpose scenery wise great mm-hmm. um yeah they they did everything they could with these scenes there's no wasted motion in it yeah go see this this is a great i think this is a great saturday night fall movie or friday night weekend movie on the couch cool you got time turn the lights mm-hmm. off get your popcorn you know, um, put a little bit of lemon pepper seasoning on it. <laughs> you know what's up. Um, you know, and if you don't feel like going to the movies, mm-hmm. get this. I know that Eternals is out, mm-hmm. but check this out, honestly. Yeah. Watch this, truthfully. This is it. Okay. Um, like I said, uh, six out of five, so I'm going to owe you a plate. I'm going to be real. That's it. You're going to owe you a plate. Um. I'm That's a compliment. Play. That's a compliment from this guy. I'm all you play something. <laughs> You're gonna get your own play. I'm gonna put tin foil over it and everything. <laughs> some saran wrap. Yeah, I'm gonna give you that plate to take home. You know, so I'm gonna have a little bit on that. You know, I'm have a little bit extra. You know, you had that Dixie plate <laughs> and yeah. then the, the foil on. You know, so we're gonna take it back home. But that's yeah, that was definitely. I think that was the biggest thing to be out this week as far as home release stuff. Uh, no, we got a new episode of Young Justice. Uh-huh. which takes us off of Mars for a bit, which I figured that they were going to do because they like telling two different stories. Uh-huh. Oh, no, just, but they do it very well. They do it very well seamlessly. Uh-huh. It, it's almost like they give you a break from one setting to give you a detailed story on this setting. Yeah. And they go back like they know when to give you a bit of a breather, which I enjoy. Yeah. Um, definitely do. Uh, next Friday, we're going to be getting uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings on Disney+. Plus. Uh-huh. Friday is also going to be Disney Plus Day. Uh-huh. So there's going to be a lot of big announcements. So what we're planning on doing next week, if if life lines up, let's say, yes, we will be talking <laughs> about uh, the announcements of Disney+. Plus, uh-huh. And we'll also be talking about the Eternals. Yes. I might go see that today. Um, you know why? I got on my fuzzy, comfy socks, man. I ain't trying to go nowhere with the socks, on, bro. I don't want to change into regular socks, man. <laughs> I might go see it Tuesday afternoon because I got off work early. I might go do that when nobody's there because it's yeah. opening weekend. So you know people are going to be, and you know I'm yeah. going to sit next to nobody. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because they all stink. You know, they yeah. always, you know, and and they yeah. coughing and stuff like that. I'm, I'm <laughs> I forgot to tell you, brother, that I'm also going to see. Uh... This this upcoming week, I'm going yes. to see uh, Rocky Four: The Director's Cut <laughs> on Thursday. Rocky Four was that? Um, trying to think of who was the uh, 
the opponent was that Dragoff? Yeah, that's Drago. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Drago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The direct. Who was the director for that one? Stallone. Oh, he. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. So that. he's finally releasing this long, long discussed director's cut that he has of this film. You know, I saw Snyder did it. I think you know, I do too. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, you know, I want him to do so. You know, I want. I, mean, I, I want to do slow motion fights and yeah. bullets and fire. Hey, exactly, right? exactly. Every, every once in a while, I, 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 you know, I treat myself to going to see another a movie that I've already seen about a hundred billion times when they re-release it on the big screen. Like a few years ago, I um, actually I convinced Mina to go with me to see the twenty uh, fifth anniversary release of Transformers the movie. Oh, I remember that, yes. Yeah, and uh, it had been a while since I'd actually seen it on the big screen, and mm. I thought she was going to hate it. She wound up liking it. She's like, it's very 80s, but she liked yeah. it. <laughs> she yeah. liked it. All right, nice, nice. Man. I, I, I think I might actually go try to rewatch um, Antlers. Mm hmm I saw the ending. The ending was actually very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, being a, a, a movie about um, uh, the, uh, the Wendigo mm -hmm. and, um, and uh, the indigenous uh, First Nations mm -hmm. culture and mythology. There's only one um, indigenous actor in there, Graham Greene. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of them using him as a damn token. The man <laughs> is just... Yeah. Well, you know what? Check out Longmire. Yeah. If you can. If you're in a movie... If, if, if you're in a mood for a Western, like modern Western... Mm -hmm. Um, it's actually pretty good. I'm loving it. I'm mm -hmm. on season three now. It was on A and E, I want to say. Yeah. It then it went to one. Netflix, and mm -hmm. they did I think the last three seasons, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I'm enjoying it. Um, I also have to go because you know, Katie Sackoff um liked one of yeah. our uh, posts, so yes. you know, yeah, you know, so you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what anybody who's watching this. I'm sorry for that. I don't know what that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she's actually in this. Um, but Graham Greene is on it. They have a lot of indigenous actors on the show because it's in Wyoming, I believe the show mm. is set. Mm. And there's a reservation in the series. So you have mm. Lou Diamond Phillips. You have Graham Greene. I'm trying to think of the other actor's name. Um, slender actor who I've seen in so many things. And last two things I've seen him in this and um, reservation dogs, he's played a cop. So I'm wondering if it's the same cop and if it's the same reservation. Because mm. the uniform looks the exact same. So I, but I don't know how law enforcement um exactly works on a reservation because I know mm. it's a separate entity. Yeah. So it's like that. But yeah, I might go check out um Antlers again. Probably not, I won't be real with you. Um because <laughs> I, I my mind is set on Eternals and seeing something different in the Marvel cinematic universe this movie that everybody's like oh i don't like it then that means i want to see it because i want to see why yeah. it's different and y'all can't see it so yeah. i don't even want to get I, into that yeah i've stayed away from reviews because i don't really want to read what anybody's saying about it i want to see it fresh and cold and then go back and kind of peruse reviews and try it and I'm, I'm, with people who have problems with the movie i'm not even doing that <laughs> but i don't um, I don't, I don't have the hairline the sperm count or the care yeah, i just i don't i'm be real because yeah. because they're just they want the same thing they don't yeah. want it's different and that's just yeah. I, and that's, and that's if, the if you problem know, like cool, the mcu has to expand it has to become different it can't stay the way it wasn't 
the first saga. It can't. It can't every, be the Infinity Saga again. I don't want the story has saga to. Again. Every story we can't have the Infinity Saga again anyway. <laughs> if you really want it, just go watch it. Exactly. That's I it. Just I don't want stop. the Infinity Saga again. Stories have different. To, stories have to. Everything has to change. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you wear the same drawers every day, exactly. no, exactly. you got to change or you got to exactly. upgrade. You know, because exactly. it deteriorates over a while, so you got to get new draws. That's it. You know, your exactly. draws there, you got to buy new one. Exactly. That's it. Old Navy got draws always on sale. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and before we go, well, let me go on a side tangent, brother, about, okay. about releasing films. Because I think that this has kind of been an issue all the time, and it's even more of an issue now, post-COVID or Still COVID. But posted E. Po- post posted, yeah, posted ish COVID. So You're making up words. <laughs> I think I, I want to nitpick about how they release movies like, for example, Last Night in Soho being one of them. And also a movie that I wanted to see that I don't even know now when I'm gonna get to see it mm. because it's not playing anywhere close to me anymore. Uh the last duel. <laughs> you didn't see it? I didn't because oh, I foolishly, you to go see it. Uh, because foolishly mm-hmm. it was released the same weekend that Halloween Kills comes out, which you know uh, no makes no sense. Because no one's gonna go see the last duel unless the last duel is reviewing off the charts, which mm. it was, but no one was interested in seeing that movie. They were interested in seeing the sequel yeah. to Halloween. Yeah. So I don't know why. I don't know why they thought that that was a good idea to put it out against Halloween. I thought that was a mistake. I, I honestly thought it was a mistake. It literally was in the theater that I went to go see Halloween at for a week, brother. The following week, I went to go try and get it through a list, not playing. Mm. <laughs> Not playing, brother. I know they were shortening things, but those movies usually would have been in. There's like yeah. small movies like that. Yeah. Movies and, that weren't as big would have been in. Yeah. There's at least a, maybe a month or two. Yeah, and this is a multiplex. So mm-hmm. you can't find another screen in there to just shove this movie into in case people want to see it. I think they're trying to maximize money as well. I, I get it. And that's the problem. Imagine. Fast colors coming out now. Oh god. I, I cringe thinking that they would have just thrown it right on who yeah, yeah, because and, and that and that right there, brother, is my argument, right? And this ultimately is kind of the problem that I have. Okay, I understand that do you want to release the Marvel movies in theaters exclusively going forward? I don't have a problem with that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with you saying that after 45 days of its theatrical release, we're going to consider what we want to do with the film after that. Mm-hmm. VOD and, and, and right. streaming and all that other stuff. I don't care about that. Fine, you shorten the windows. It was it was way past time years ago to shorten the windows. <laughs> fine, that's what you want to do, fine. Mm-hmm. But if you had a movie like The Last Duel that you know was reviewing well with critics, what you should have done was instead of putting it out 
you know, I mean, you could have put it out in the traditional theatrical release if that's what you wanted to do. That's fine. But what they should have done is the same thing that they did last year with the United States versus Billie Holiday. Because mm. it's the same, it's literally the same studio. It's 20th Century Fox, which is owned by Disney. Mm. And what they should have done is you can put it out in theaters for people who want to see it in the theater, but also play it on Hulu at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or after 45 days, which I hope is what they wind up doing, is either bringing it to Hulu or doing something. Because that's the kind of movie that generates Oscar buzz with all these people that they have in it. And from what I've been hearing, like I've seen, I've literally not seen one reviewer that I follow that I trust that hasn't said that this is one of the top three movies of the year. And for it to not be in a theater for people to watch is insane to me. It's even more insane to me that you put it out against Halloween Kills. I think they were just trying to get this movie out. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that's what they were doing. But they have to think in a different mindset and time frame because of the way things are. It's not like everybody's going to be in theater. So you just, right. okay, let's run the risk because we know this is going to happen. Both of them feel like fall time movies. I don't know if people understand what I'm saying when I say that, but mm. you know certain movies you go, yeah, this is definitely a fall movie. I mean, obviously horror is going to be a horror, but mm-hmm. it's going to be a fall movie as well. But I think people are trying to maximize their time as far as like, I don't want to be in the theaters that long. I don't want to be there. I'm taking a risk anyway, what have you. What am I going to go see? I'm going to go right. see Halloween Kills. I'm going to see Eternals. I'm going to see whatever. Mm. I think they were trying to put it out before Eternals came out. Mm-hmm. Because after Eternals, you might as well just, you know, right, just whatever. And, and, and I, but putting it up against, I think, oh, well, this might be okay because Halloween was also streaming on Peacock. So maybe they were trying to balance it out that way, thinking, okay, people are going to stay home and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's also Halloween weekend. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you have different aspects of it. And theaters have been getting more and more, uh, like, um, uh, patronage. Mm-hmm. So people are going more and more. Um, I can attest to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> yes, I, yeah. An- Anubis wept. Uh, I think that was their mindset, but you you have to have a different mindset now. You can't you can't go, okay, so when are we going to release it? Well, Halloween Kills is coming out then, but it's going to be streaming. Well, yeah, but people are going to be feeling more comfortable. There's more people getting vaccinated. Right. People are feeling better we can't do that. Maybe we put it out right. a couple weeks before, but right. we'll put it out before. Uh, maybe Shang. <laughs> See, that's the that's the no conundrum, time right? to kill. No time to kill. Shang Chi. This could have been a yeah. spring movie, possibly. Yeah, and 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 it's what it's what kills me, right? Because I know I know the thinking behind it, right? Or mm-hmm. what partially what the thinking was. The thinking was, is okay, not everybody wants to go see Halloween Kills. So let's just put out an alternative movie for people who aren't interested necessarily in you know, genre IP that has a sequel coming out this weekend. I get it. But the 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 the, the circumstances now are very, very different than they were just even Five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could have been able to maybe get away with that five years ago. 
you can't get away with that now. You can't get away with like putting out an alternative movie to a genre IP movie and expect to make money unless that movie is all world better than that genre movie. And it probably is. And people still weren't going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, and that was, and that also is my concern with a movie like Last Night in Soho, right? Because when Mm -hmm. I look at the trailer of it, and that's not to say that it didn't pique my interest. It did. I could see that it was an unconventional take on a horror film, but I was like, "Mm, I don't know. I'm like, is this movie even going to be playing two weeks from now when it releases? You know what I mean? Because it's just kind of like the movie theaters now are so interested in just making money, like up front. Like they want to make money up front and that's it. (laughs) They don't even care if it stays in the movie theater three weeks. You know what I mean? Well, that's after everything that's happened. That's what they're they're trying to try and recoup. They're trying (laughs) to get it back. They're trying to maximize every seat, every hour. And in a sense, I can understand what they're trying to do. I, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's a different mindset that everything has changed. We were, we talked about this when things first started. We were like, what are going to be the repercussions? How are things going to happen? What, mm-hmm. how are people going to come back? How are movie theater chains going to change their mindset? How are um, uh, um, movie companies, uh, production companies going to change their mindset? Mm-hmm. And their mindsets, as far as the theaters anyway, the one near me, I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll speak on that one has changed you know mm-hmm. even like the concession stands it has changed um first off i will cut in line as an amc a-listers member i don't mm-hmm. care mm-hmm. i don't care yes you have been staying in line for five minutes i just walked up yes i will be called first mm-hmm. i am black my people have suffered in this country kiss mm-hmm. my ass i don't mm-hmm. care I'm, I'm gonna get i'm gonna get my buttered popcorn you can suck it you and your five kids can suck it <laughs> Um, but even that has changed because when you go up and say you get popcorn, you get popcorn, they mm-hmm. give you your own little thing of butter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't go to the machine. Sometimes you can, depending, I guess, on the rate of whatever's going on in, in your state or town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But lately, because my county is high, I'm not getting affected because I stay in my ass home for most of the time. I'm masked up, vaccinated up. I'm not touching nobody. Mm-hmm. What have you? They give you a little. They give you a tub, and you know, you go, you you put on there however you want. Mm-hmm. So from something like that to change to even how they do the movie distribution as far as the theaters and they, there's less time in between. They are much more, they're already great at cleaning the theater, but they're much more diligent in cleaning the theaters. Mm-hmm. They're like just waiting for you right in there. The minute the, the credits go, it, it could be a Marvel movie. Yeah, light comes going, up. Yep, they, light comes they start up. Cleaning. <laughs> yep. They start cleaning. They, yep. they, they won't disturb you. They won't like kick you out. But mm-hmm. they'll, if it's empty, they'll start cleaning like the front. They'll start mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause you know, nobody sits up front unless they want to scream behind their head. Yeah. Or unless but, they got their tickets late. I'm saying, yeah. If that's the case, just sit on the floor. Just sit on the floor and exactly. chill. Just sit on the floor and chill for real. You know what I mean? But that's what you do. Yeah. But their scheduling of things, like e- even the run times between movies is tighter. Mm-hmm. And they're much more diligent about um seating. Yeah. And the yeah. capacity, which I understand. I'm totally because I've never seen movies blacked out like that before where you couldn't go to see. Mm-hmm. But it's happening now. It all had to change, and these are the repercussions that we were curious to see are going to happen. It, it could be different six months down the line, seven months down the line, mm-hmm. when things are better or cross our fingers, not w- worse. You know, we don't know. You're right. But this is still 
of progress and the repercussions that this is going to have even later on uh-huh. how people deal with movies is going to be even more so you know yeah. when a movie does not do money i mean yeah you want reviews and you want money and you want those big oh this movie's been acclaimed what have you but if it's not making money they're yanking it yeah, yeah they're yanking yeah. it quicker um eternals eternals is getting like this really big balancing act but it's going to make money so they're going to keep it in mm-hmm. you know and that's what's going to end up happening that's how it's going to be that's again how things are going to be changing and what's going to be happening yeah i don't know it's still but it's still an ongoing process to see how things are and, and i've definitely noticed that mm-hmm. so we'll keep our eye on it you know see see what's going on with it I just don't know. True. Mm-hmm. True, brother. True. So on that note, brother, next week will be Disney Plus Day. Yes. It will be eternally Disney. Yes, eternally Disney. <laughs> uh next week. <laughs> we will be doing all I, I might even wear a Disney t shirt. Look at you, brother. Look at you. Not, not wearing a t shirt. <laughs> um and I would not be wearing an Eternals t-shirt unless my man is on it. Kamal mm-hmm. on my t-shirt. That dude is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be talking Eternals. We will be talking Disney Plus. We will be talking announcements that were made. We will be talking um, yeah, about what we'd like to see, what, what we're hearing, what we're excited about. I will also be giving a bit of a rant on um, somewhere along the line. Because I was listening to a podcast and I just stopped in the middle of the podcast and said, I don't care what this person has to say anymore. Um, it, and, it, and, it's a, and it's a podcast that you have recommended to me and it's been good all this time. And then the last couple of episodes I've listened to, I'm like, <sighs> and I just stopped. I stopped in the middle. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. Really? Not, not put myself through it anymore. I'm not. Yeah. Not yeah. the MCU fan show. <laughs> Is it, is it a certain person you have an issue with on there? Man, we'll talk about this when I turn the um, show off. I just, I just don't. I just just annoy the piss out of me. Mm. But then again, I'm yeah, there's just some things I'm just not going to waste my energy on. And if you are just annoying me, I'm just not going to waste my energy. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. Just you had your chance and now I'm done with you. I'm done. Mm. Okay. Done. <laughs> Done, son. <laughs> so on that note, this has been Michael Williams. Yes, sir. The cinema yes, sir. CEO and the cinema yes, God. Yes, sir. I am <laughs> Antonio Pomares, a.k.a. The Hungry Bleak. And this has been another thrilling episode of uh, <laughs> Fandom Initiative. Let there be carnage. Um, you got to do that every time you say that. You have to. It's like legally bonding. Sure. We'll be back next week, uh, noon. Um, in the meantime, go and check out our backlog of episodes. We have we have them all here on YouTube. We have them. Um, if you want to listen to the podcast, you can listen to them wherever podcasts are available. Uh, we are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple. We are on Google Play. We are on a plethora of different avenues. Um, if you want to know uh, more about some of the comics that are coming out, or if you want to hear me do random reviews or what have you go check out the hungry bleak which i have on youtube i have on twitch 
episodes. And I also have the podcast form wherever podcasts are available. Um, a plethora of platforms as well. Good people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll have a very good day. Yeah, any final words for the folks, sir? Mm. Be good to each other. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all you got to say. Look, um, folks, and go out and get some good food. Get, get plenty that. good food around. Get, get the grub, grub, grub hub. If you don't feel like going out, <laughs> uh, I am Antonio. As, as I said, uh, do the best you can with what you got because it's all that you get. Yeah, go out, get something tasty, feel good, um, enjoy whatever you're partaking in tonight, and um, we'll see you next week, sir. The hardest salute ever. What? Now, awkwardly, we will go out and I'm gonna give you all this shoulder shake because <laughs> shoulder shake purple urban anime. Get it? Oh my god.